video link so loads of things to get through live had their first event of the season in Mayacoba, mexico wyndham clark shot at 60 at pebble to win an event that was cut to three rounds due to some poor weather on the california coastline uh, fenway sports group and ssg have pumped money into the pga tour as of last week uh tiger's given the green light that he's going to play in la next week and then we have the waste management phoenix open upcoming this week where the fine young people of phoenix arizona will all gather on the 16th hole to somehow try to replicate the incredible scene of live adelaide last year um which i believe is a nice little segue into the topic of live moyakoba which is where i'd like to start so joe live were presented with big opportunity for their first event of the season final round of pga tour event was cancelled an elevated event at that so they got what they wanted big players john ram in the mix down the stretch pretty stacked leaderboard uh, four hole playoff between Wacko, Neiman, and Sergio in the fading light with no competition for eyeballs. What was your assessment? Well, I didn't watch it in real time um, because I'm still, I don't, you know, it, do, it doesn't really still appeal to me. But you can't shy away from the fact that they've now got some of the best players in the world playing. Um, and it's definitely diluted i think the the actual pga tour event so yeah watch the watch some of the highlights there um music is still a bit weird um it's something that i don't know if it'll catch on maybe we're all too much traditionalists but it's just a bit strange um and the fact that they turn it off for the playoff kind of shows that you know it sort of undermines putting it there in the first place i think you know you're you're saying that the 18 holes don't matter um in the in the first place um but like from their point of view it was definitely a success having neiman um and ram and garcia kind of all at the top um you know obviously ram first event and all that um but yeah neiman i i saw actually some interesting stats on neiman he's like one of the longest players on tour now if you kind of combine the the two of them he was i think he was second longest in that field at the weekend um i think bryson was number one um but he's added so much distance something i i didn't know he was kind of he was he length was one of his his strengths but um but yeah he's he's he uh he beat sergio watt in a four hole playoff i think they played I think they played the last hole like it was it was it was dark so they had the the scoreboard lighting it up um but yeah literally caught a very shortened highlight version and and uh and saw that that ha had happened from like from neiman himself like i think he's won two of his last five events and then two of the other ones he finished fourth and fifth i think a few of those results were on the on the deep world tour so he's playing quality golf um despite his world ranking slipping 
from I think 66 to 74 after his win at the weekend. Um, so he's not in the, any of the majors. I think he might be at the moment in the Open, but yeah, he's not he in the, the other Open three. because of his finish at the Australian Open. But yeah, his his comments. The first thing he said in his interview after we won was, "I'm not in the majors." Um, and like, okay, he's competitive. His mind instantly went to the next thing. But so he's played in the last twelve majors. Clearly playing pretty well. But he's sixty six in the world now. Data Golf has him at twenty seventh in the world, which t- Data Golf takes into account the results and they've got the the weighting. Um, but like he went and played in Dubai a few weeks ago to try get get into that. I mean, <laughs> I feel looking at this and uh, Cooper. I'm keen to get your take. I mean, that field is strong. Is there a case that Joaquin Neiman should be playing in the Masters? No, absolutely not. Like it's they, there's no point in like I, I hate seeing all these Trump followers on, on Twitter with MAGA on their in their bio, and saying the official World Golf rankings is a joke and it needs to change because we have the best players. It's like no, it doesn't because the framework is there so that the Asian Tour, so the Challenge Tour, so that everyone. Is on the same page and that's why it's a universal standard for ranking the best golfers in the world and live come along with a shotgun start fucking i go blaring on the first tee and 54 hole events and say yeah look we've spent a billion dollars on players sorry probably more um give us world ranking points and they're like no like that's not how it works so the argument that the best players in the world are there or some of the best players in the world are there we deserve world ranking points is complete shite, really. Like it just if if that was the case, then any billionaire like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos could start a fucking competitive golf tour, have it over three holes in their backyard and say, Look, we have Tiger, Rory, Ram, they're all here. Give us world ranking points. Like that's just, <clears throat> it can't work like that because because something like this could happen. Like it's actually designed to prevent something silly like this or some kind of i guess attempt to well not even attempt like as in it's obviously an attempt to do something different at golf and like i appreciate that and i love the the a team element of golf like a Ryder cup a president's cup um even the olympics like but the and there will eventually when this if this deal gets done because we can talk about that in a minute um like the team golf element will be a great asset to the calendar but would live saying we deserve to have world ranking points. Like, just go back to the criteria. How does a tour gain world ranking standards? The seven points live, I think, barely over one or two of them. It's it's fairly straightforward. Like, there's no, there's no, uh, there's there's no like they can't they can't they could get Tiger and Rory, and they still wouldn't get world ranking points so yeah it's it's just it's a bit repetitive and like an absolutely nonsensical argument well like so i i agree to a point but i my so i would consider myself amongst us the probably the most open-minded to when it comes to live um (laughs) now look there, there is no doubt that it's missing something like i watched bits of it uh over the course of the weekend and obviously 
um most of that kind of final round and, and playoff and stuff and like there's absolutely no doubt it's missing something you know like you've got all these incredible players and there's genuine fist pumps and it seems from them that they do want to win because they're competitive um but there's like there's the broadcast and the commentators and all that are constantly trying to convince us of something mm. rather than letting the event speak for itself like it's not it's an intangible thing that i felt when, when you're watching it um you, you you can't force it i mean like when you're watching sport like the premier league or or whatever it kind of is what it is like when you're in the middle of say january february which is where we are now in the premier league season and there's matches there that don't mean that that you're kind of in the middle of the season and you can't force something to be what it's not but i think when you're a genuine football fan of like the premier league you you take that for what it is and then when you've got these dramatic moments at the end of the season you have to have had all this kind of blandness or boringness throughout the course of the season for those for the when man city win the league with the aguero moment that was so powerful because of the years of history the full season that went into it the fact that it came down to points like goal difference or whatever on the end of the season whereas when you're watching the live thing they're missing that massive compo component of like proper depth now to the point that i was asking about the world rankings like i do see a case where like there should the the, the leaderboard is stacked there's incredible players in the field there i do think that there's there, there should be world rankings which would probably give it that depth but right now in its current form it just yeah it like, like they will they will give world ranking points when they fit the criteria like it's not as in like oh liverpool mis uh, treated unfairly it's lads like we're not bending the fucking framework that's been there for decades for you and like it'll be similar enough if you were talking about say rugby uh traditional rugby union and rugby sevens like it's played on the same pitch there's a different amount of players it's a different length of time you can't equate a rugby sevens player and how where he is in the world with a rugby 15s player i know that's a big jump away from golf um but it technically is the the same argument that the world ranking or the official world golf rankings would have in that it's it's too hard to compare because it's over a different time frame it's a different like, like you're nearly sprinting for the 54 holes like it'd be like playing a nine hole competition in your own course or an 18 hole if you're playing nine hole you have to go balls out from the start whereas with the 18 hole you're trying to pace yourself you might get it back in the back nine like on a 54 hole event in a pros world where golf the standard for professional golf is 72 holes suddenly if you're heading round one you only have 66 percent of the round to go not 75 so like it is a different mindset and it's a it's just a and that's the that's why they did it because it's a shorter amount of time to watch it's shotgun start so it's not fucking 12 hours into about six or seven like it is it's 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 smart from a product side but again it's just not it's not how not it's technically not the same game 
everyone else in the world who's gaining world ranking points is playing. So I, I just don't think they're ever like Liv will eventually change. Like Liv stands for 54. So they've completely fucked themselves and they're going to have to change. I don't know what the Roman numerals for 72 are, but um, they, that's that's where they're going to have to change. The shotgun start, I actually don't think matters that much because it does technically happen on the PGA Tour as well with frontline backline starts. But it's the 72 holes and it's also the getting into the live events. So how do you qualify for live? What's the relegation and progression and um, paths? And like, again, it just doesn't really exist. Like they did have that event there and was it three guys got um, uh, accepted onto the live tour. But again, it's still such a condensed field. It's, it's, it's not the same kind of pathway that any other tour in the world has it will take a few more years for them to actually develop that into something that is a finished product and maybe by then they'll have fit like even if i don't think they have to sorry i think they do have to fit all seven criteria but like if they get up to five then maybe there's a case but like they're just like it's not it's nowhere near where it needs to be to be a standard i'd use in a unit of measurement for the world golfers so yeah it's gonna be a while yeah, Neiman, Neiman saying that first in his interview was kind of telling as well, given he's just won the first event of the season, that the majors is the first thing he mentions, um, that he's not in it. That just completely, you know, undermines the, the, the event itself being a big a big deal. But, like, he has nothing to, he has no leg to stand on at the same time. Like, the reason he was paid so much money to go to live was the sacrifice he made was majors for money. Like, you know, they wouldn't have got their massive contracts if they weren't at risk of missing majors um that's the only reason those prices were i mean they obviously have such a big pool of cash but like you know if they had to come to the players with uh you know a smaller amount they would have said absolutely not like you know they the majors are you know everything but you know they picked they picked they picked money over it um but then the flip side of it then as well is that last weekend in pebble beach it was a 54 hole event obviously cut short by weather but the pros were playing with you know pep ceos you know over the first couple of days um you know they're hacking it around and it's cut to 54 holes and yet they get full allotment of points um after those three rounds so it's kind of i i still don't think they should Get ranking points, but I think I think the PGA Tour have way more to answer for now. Given given like how can they stand on, given Wyndham Clark full, you know he's gone from eleven to sixth in the in the world. Um, Ludwig Aberg obviously didn't didn't get his chance to uh, to challenge challenge him on Sunday, um, and I think he left a he left a putt in the jaws as well um on on his last putt on saturday wasn't it but he didn't know that he he didn't have another round to, to obviously compete but yeah i think that that i think there's more there's more coming to to you know into the equation now given given the pga tour able to give those points um at the weekend I yeah agree the, with, the twitter I the twitter warriors went fucking mad at the at the weekend over that as in a sunday finish at live and a Saturday 54 will finish on the PGA Tour. Well, I, th I think if you do remove the politics and, and what your actual feeling is towards Greg Norman and Liv and whatever, like uh, uh, trying to just look at the facts of 
of what they are like live okay it's 54 holes yep yeah, there's that's that's a point but as joe just said like pga tour 54 hole event and still counted towards it so the the criteria that there must be a, a qualifying route to something um which cooper i know you alluded to there that live did have a little event that was a qualifier so there's a kind of promotion relegation thing but i don't know like i i just feel whatever wherever your allegiance are whether you hate live which a lot of people do and i can completely understand that and like the, the product itself as I, I i watched myself i didn't find it half as enjoyable as say if it was the exact same field on a pga tour event i just it would have been better but i just think that they're the, the logical unemotional reasons for keeping them uh away from official world ranking points i don't know there's something that's not quite sitting right with me i feel like it is just too much of a political decision and that there is looking at the fact and i'm sure dave if dave was here he'd absolutely go through me here for saying this but i just i just think that looking at the strength of that field that was in my echo over the weekend how could like uh an asian tour event or a japan tour event where the standard is so much worse be getting world ranking points and that they're not getting it on with these incredible fields that they have well don I'll, I'll put it very simply like when this pf pif and pj tour deal gets done and maybe it won't now because they're threatening their fucking consultants with jail time if they cooperate with the u.s senate but if it if it does get done live still won't be given world ranking points because it doesn't fit the criteria even if they're actually partners it still won't give them world ranking points because they, they'll have to change something it's nothing to do like as in if the pga tour dp world tour fucking toro tour and live tour are within the same kind of organization live will still have to change their world ranking points or therefore like maybe it turns into a purely a team event and it's an exception where it's not seen as a stroke play event or a weekly tour event it's an actual team event that happens eight times a year or however many times and then maybe it's an exception but it's at the moment competing with pga tour it's been classed as a stroke play professional golf tournament so there's criteria there for that to take it doesn't take them it's not going to get world rank points even when they get into bed together but my, my point is that like what what part of it specifically is not ticking that criteria okay so it's 54 old but then there's the qualifying and sorry i don't want to spend the whole conversation talking about this but sorry joe you were going to say something yeah well if i know what you're finishing with your question there but like you've got you've also got the elements of the team uh aspect that um result in not a complete uh competition in the in the in the set that we know it as sebastian munoz said last year that he made sure he made made sure that he got his two put to make sure that his team won the title whereas if he had gone for the put, he could have got himself into a playoff and got and you know gone and tried to win that event but because the team element was there he adjusted his style of play yeah okay so that, is, that is that's just one thing um also the sound of the ball going into the hole is another thing <laughs> yeah yeah they don't deserve it. and like the bloody arlo white i mean making everything out like it's the biggest deal in the world give me a droll peter alice who undersold everything all day of the week but that's uh, also gone it's it, that's like i know that like you, you can bring ram in and even at peak on sunday 
when there was no PGA Tour on, the there was more people watching pickleball in the US than live. So like, I, I, as in- I saw, I saw this that according to uh, the Nielsen TV data, uh, yeah. I saw an article on ESPN that PGA Tour attracted three times as many viewers on Sunday while showing a rerun of the third round than was shown on live. Now, that doesn't account for, I think, the people that are watching live via streaming, which uh, would probably be a separate separate metric, but certainly like, yeah, say, it's, say it's twice as many, because I'm not sure who's paying for the live app or whatever it is, or however you watch it through the app, but like, it, it's still like, I think there was nearly 2 million people watching the PJ tour on Saturday. And like, I totally get that it's a signature event. It's Pebble beach. It's, it's one of the ones you, I love watching it every year. Even as Joe said, it's a bit of a kind of who's who on the amateur side. Um, but just watching golf Pebble beach is special. So like, it may be a, a bad one to compare it to, but it's Ram. It was Ram's first event. It should have been their absolute like signature event. Uh, as far as the new signings go, Ram Manhattan teeing it up for the first time and live. I, I wonder, were they expecting to kind of eclipse Pebble? Because everyone wanted to see how Ram got on the first time and people are more interested in pickleball, apparently. So that's it just, is it $500 million wasted or is it just they need to sort out the deal, TV deals, which I guess they're gonna have a very hard time doing but anyway yeah it's it's not a i have a feeling greg thought he'd push over the million mark pretty handy with uh with john ram i think the old return on investment there in terms of uh new customers acquired with the investment in ram is is, is quite fucking negative speaking of deals joe you you know a little bit of background on this um Deal that was struck with PGA Tour last week, or the announcement that came out uh, when we recorded last week. This hadn't been announced yet, but so Fenway Sports Group SSG um, have pumped money into the PGA Tour as of last week, which has a wider implication. But Joe, what, what's the kind of background or detail on that? Well, I think they've I th they've they've put three billion dollars into the PGA Tour essentially. Um, but they've created like a separate entity essentially i think it's pj tour enterprises so they keep the pj tour as that like you know the 501c classification so it's a non-profit so they can still keep those um you know those conditions that they get like you know tax exemptions and all that kind of thing but they've they've got one point i think it's 1.2 of the of that amount straight away is being put into uh player equity um and essentially it's um i think there's four different groups but you know the the mcelroy speeds and thomas's will be getting more equity than you know sam Ryder and you know the, the like so um so that's that's sort of the first part of it but then also the another part is that the this transaction allows for a for a co-investment from pif as well it like specifies that they can be a, you know another investor but i think significantly a minority investor so it mightn't be what they they want um from that you know you don't know i don't know if yasir will will be very happy about being uh being um considered a minority investor so um balls very much in the saudi's court i think on this one um speed came out the other day i don't know if anyone saw this but um basically saying that yeah following ssg's investment we don't need the pif anymore um 
and you know publicly said that and McElroy um took issue with that funny enough um he's kind of alienating himself from both sides i think now because he's what, what did he say he's Mr. basically Warren. yeah saying saying that you can't we can, basically can't you can't go against the saudis now like as in to unify the game and you know it's impossible to basically compete against them which like you'd have to say is becoming more and more like true um you know they've taken ram and hatton um even Moronk, you know um the you know where where will they stop with it so so yeah he apparently had a he did enough discussion with speed about it they have disagreements but um but yeah it was was bit McElroy's stances that basically yeah they're gonna need to combine with the pif in some way to to bring the players back together um but it does strike me as and look, this will, will uh, play out over the next little while and we'll figure out exactly what emerges. But the, the thing that struck me from it was that it's now become very possible that there won't be an immediate combination or amalgamation of, of the, the two tours and that like this could drive a wedge through that. So like if the pitch to john ram and these boys was that look take the money now come across to live you're all going to be back together in the next six months 12 months so you might as well take the money and if john's ram's team is feeding him all that information like that is absolutely not a certainty based off this deal now it may it may still happen but like that's a big bet for those players brooks ram whatever to have made like, I wonder if they looked at that and Tyrrell Hatton and stuff who just made the jump in like, hold on, I kind of took this money under the impression that I was pretty smart here and getting a little uh, little bit of cash in my pocket before we all combined. Hold on a minute. Maybe we're not all going to combine. Mm. That, like, literally is exactly what's after happening. Um, like, look, three months ago, like, I think it all just gave up and I still am completely sick of it, but... Three months ago, we were kind of saying, right, like, just get it over with, sign the fucking deal, let them all play together again. All oh, Rams on, Hatton's gone, fucking great. Like, as in, just completely fed up with the, the headlines and the, the, the constant kind of back and forth between them, even though they're meant to, be, <laughs> meant to be signing some sort of a deal. And now Ram comes out this week on an interview and says, oh, it's emotional to, to not be playing uh, on the West Coast swing. It's like, man good luck like as in you literally signed a deal for half a million quid sorry half a billion quid and you're the one getting emotional because you can't play a course because that's literally the reason they gave you so much money it's it's as it it's it's really kind of dumb on his part to be saying stuff like that because it, it's why were they offering you so much money because there's a massive risk associated with it because you mightn't play on the pga tour for like I, and they were saying that con 100 percent yeah we'll get world ranking points yeah you'll be back in the pga tour in a few weeks i think ram when he signed he was expecting to be in pebble beach this week or maybe not pebble beach with uh with the live event but 100 to be playing some pga tour events this side of the masters and hatton was the same and poor hatton only got 60 million quid that'll only get him through the year so he has to figure out either win a few team events like he did last week or um I guess start performing himself but the from where we were three months ago in terms of all the powers in the saudi's hands and joe i agree it still is because 
they have an unlimited fucking bank account. But it's gone now from God will live, give me 60 million quid, come over now. It doesn't matter because I'll be back in anyway in no time. To Jesus, yeah, this is a nice little investment. It's still nothing compared to the, the PIF bank account, but they've had a proper look at compensating the players with a fairly substantial sum in an equity form that's going to vest over a period of years, which means they have to hang on. And the lads in Saudi now have been told, like in the courts as well, for the, the PIF guys who are meant to be providing information to the US Senate, they're redacting everything. So the deal probably won't go through based on the information that they've been given so far. And then the live players are like, lads, give them information. We need to be back playing PGA Tour. Like Ram is obviously all right, but most of us here have no major slots next year. And then if there's a few lads getting cold feet and saying, fuck this, this isn't what I signed up for. There could be an exodus from live if there isn't a deal signed soon enough. So like Kepka was fairly close to it last year. I think, and I, I still do think he would come back. Um, but for the guys, the Rams and Hattons, like the guys who don't have major tour, major or the world ranking points to get into majors, I, I, I'm convinced if this deal, if this deal completely falls through, I'd say Liv could lose a big chunk of players very fast. Yeah, they're probably the thing is that they're probably focusing on that, like. You know the top of the pyramid the brooks the ram you know um djs cam smiths like you know the, the handful of players basically and they probably made sure you know they've got the big the big contract but all those guys are in the majors anyway um it is the likes of neiman who is like a potential you know top 10 player uh, maybe maybe you know top five number one someday but it's 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 he's the kind of player that's taken a risk as such um with it uh and Hatton I suppose will be another one as well because you could have a scenario in in two years time where Hatton's not in um most of the majors you know he could he, he could he could be drifting outside the 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 top 50 um so that, yeah the, but I don't know if the guys that you're talking about like will you know would they would they take the risk of like you know the potential like if they're playing for a four million paycheck every single week are they going to go back to playing on you know potentially dp world tour and play for you know the bahrain masters where you know top prize is 200k i just don't see that yeah, happening as long as they keep the I top guys happy mm, yeah i just think that like as in to, to wyndham clark's point and apparently it was Cantley, speed and adam scott that uh must have drilled it into his head um I choose my legacy over live. So like if the if the money if the money is there, like that's absolutely fine. Just keep playing for the money. No one really gives a shit. You're forgotten about anyway if you're kind of not one of the best in the world and you're already gone over to live. But if you genuinely do, if you went over to live on the premise that we're going to get world ranking points, I'm going to be able to try and compete in majors. We're going to be able to play back in the PGA Tour in some way, shape or form. And now that's all been taken away. I think it's yeah. I just, I just think mm. that the PIF or Yassim and they, I think they all thought this deal was gonna fly through because, like fucking, just look at look at the, look at our bank account. Like you can't stand against us. And they, it looks like they've 
in some way, shape or form tried with by leaving the door open as well. So like they're just in a far stronger negotiating position. They were backs against the wall, taking out fucking loans last year. Like it wasn't looking good. And now now it's just a, it's a bit stronger. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't give a shit anymore. I want to see them all playing together. But it, it, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how it actually goes. <clears throat> Well, speaking of Wyndham Clark and his um, saying that he cares more about his legacy than than live, I think that's great. And I have to say now, like obviously he won at the weekend. Uh, it was it was a, on one hand it was a bit of an anticlimax in that it was finished after three rounds, but in another way it was perfectly fitting that Wyndham Clark shot the sixty and and went on and won. I really like this guy he i like a few things about him the fact that i like his golf swing I, I i just love the way he puts across everything and looks like he can't do anything but a little fade um i like that he's a formal former psychopath turned um to to, to do what he, he's done and he was very close to quitting the game a few years ago and being a very angry man he started working with that sports psychologist i can't remember her name julie something i think um he's he's really turned himself around uh what how good do you think Wyndham clark actually is obviously he's one of us open is that is that the peak or do you think there's more to this guy i think there could be there is a definitely a bit more because he won the was it the wells fargo as well which was a that was a designated event last year um and he took on a fully you know stacked field that week um yeah, like his performance um, in LA last year in the US Open was amazing as well. Um, interesting to see how we would have got on on Sunday, as always, with Ludwig coming, coming up behind him. Um, but despite, you know, the the, the fact that it's small, bit, you know, questionable about those ranking points he got on Sunday, he still, he was 11 and he would have jumped inside the top 10 most likely. Um, yeah, he's he, he's a serious player. I can't really remember how he got on the Ryder Cups um, um, in September. I, sure. I don't really. Yeah, on one one one. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, so sort of not really notable, but um, yeah, he does really. He he really does uh, swipe at it. Like uh, actually, I saw him in the Open last year in Hoylake, um Hit a couple of really wild drives, like off the off the planet um but i suppose you know he's got that he's got that distance so it's always going to happen but um reminding me of myself um off the planet not the distance um but yeah he's yeah he he's he's clearly not afraid when he gets into position um as so many of these young guys are now to be fair i just don't think like i think i i think i'm on the same page as you con maybe in the way you you phrase that question i i, I don't think he's I don't think he's top 10 player in the world. He shouldn't be the sixth best player in the world. Like he's just won good events. Jada Golf have him as the just inside the top 30 uh, in terms wow, of really? uh, so like he's oh. but sure he, he played 25 events last year and he had 10 top tens. So like when you compare it to McIlroy having 10 in the last 10, like he's he's a bit spotty and like he did. He had he obviously Wells Fargo and then fucking US Open, which obviously helps, but he just seems to, and I think to both your points, like uh, a very emotional guy. And if he rocks up in the right frame of mind, world beater. If he doesn't, miscut. So like he can't, to be in the top 10 in the world, you can't be that patchy. 
um still love watchman like when he's on song he's class like the us open even that 60 at the weekend like it was unbelievable golf but yeah like should he be in the top 10 in the world if he can only do that every second time or every third time maybe maybe not but he seems to do it at the right times which affect the ranking the more so it's probably why he's there mm, yeah um but yeah fair play to him all the same so that pebble pebble was decent but i suppose the fact it was cut to three rounds i i often find when it comes to these events it really is the sunday that you captures your attention we didn't have that and obviously has an impact but moving on to mr tiger woods so he's come out and confirmed that he's playing in la in genesis uh, next week which we knew he was probably going to do he said um in november that his ambition was to play one tournament per month over the course of the year uh, then he also said that he was just as curious as, as everyone else to see what he can and can't do so this will be his first full field event since the masters last year um it will be very interesting to see how his game rocks up and how his body pulls up mm, i don't think it's the toughest walk is it i i think it's it's not like that hilly which is sadly such a factor for him mm. um but he's and interestingly he's never won there either um yeah. which is uh again for him unique um you know wouldn't be his strange stat for any other golfer except him but uh he yeah, he's never won, but I think he's the host, and his his charity is one that is the main beneficiary as well. So you know, there's, there's obviously a few factors going into his decision. Um, but I think the the way, as you said, the one a month, like the way the signature events, as they're called now, set up on the majors, I think he can kind of he can cherry pick a schedule that that will that will let him play in um in the in the kind of big ones every month. Um, ah, like expectations low uh from from my point of view anyway i you know if he made the court i think it'd be a great achievement that seems to be what we say most of the time i think um just get a few reps i suppose before the masters and just you know if he was playing on sunday on you know that even that first leaderboard like somewhere even you know it'd, it'd just be nice to see it and it'd be interesting to see what he's wearing as well obviously in uh, genesis the red the, the reds uh i presume the red shirt will stay but the swoosh won't be there obviously he's part of ways with nike after uh almost 30 years so it'll be interesting to see i think taylor made are, are the, the ones that are rumored to uh to um be the lucky ones to have their name plastered on them so it'll that'll be that'll be an interesting one to see yeah me and calm went down a fashion rabbit hole last week or the week before whenever it was talking talking about it um yeah like I, I presume it'll just be sunday red and well sorry the brand is called sunday red um but i presume it'll, it'll stick to where well, they've the trademarked and, that haven't they like that that yeah yeah so like as in but sorry just i mean the color red on a sunday like mm, yeah i think he'll hopefully hang on to that um yeah riviera it's 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 a lot of players say it's their favorite on tour um like there isn't really a lot of hazards or like it's just a, it just apparently it just rewards precise plays how jordan speed put it before um tiger never won here jack nicholas never won here like it's it's been around for a long time and just seems to be a very tricky place to, to actually get it done um but yeah it's uh again joe to your point if he makes the cut see how he gets on four rounds 
see if he's limping by Sunday evening. If not, we're good to go for all, all roads lead to Augusta. Yeah, uh, but between now and then, we've got Phoenix. So, uh, as I said in the intro, obviously Phoenix just copying Luke Golf Adelaide um, with the with the 16th hole here. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so obviously massive crowds come to this every year it's a it's a college town isn't it um phoenix yeah asu is is the or no it's scottsdale sorry um I think they the sun devils and, and the no. they the sun devils phil mickelson's they, yeah yeah they are it's where mickelson's brother coached uh yeah, yeah, yeah. before he went um Calibre. because i think he, mickelson's brother was rams coach in asu yeah um so they're they're big yeah mm. so scheffler has won the last two times he's been on here and like as good as scheffler is he's not exactly like a prolific winner like he's just an absolute top 10 machine um so the fact that he has won here twice in a row i think is significant for me it's a case of scheffler is absolutely going to be in the top 10 whether he wins or not is is kind of uh the the question um i know fowler has gone well here in the past he won a few years ago but his game isn't particularly good um it's not an elevated event this week is it we've got the kind of standard this week and then elevated next week yeah it was it was elevated last year but they switched it with pebble this year so pebble last year wasn't but got it this year um i think at&t the sponsor kind of kind of demanded that so i think from their perspective it's a big event anyway they're probably going to get the numbers and get the attention regardless so um the winner only gets 1.5 million for this one. Oh, poor bastards poor chaps um so who who is fancy in that oh yeah yeah like as in Sheffler, it seems to be a course where you don't really need to be able to put that well to actually put that well like and i don't know if that even makes any sense but like he is just oh it's, it's hard to watch him like as in zalatoris now actually fucking fair play to him he's fixed it he's been uh, i think he was just outside the top 10 uh it was two weeks ago um with the with the half broom and the iron locks so i i'm, I'm praying he, he keeps that up um but sheffler is just an absolute walking basket case like it's it's Considering he's in the top five in every strokes gain category, and then is just bringing up the rear and putting, like he needs to see a fucking not a psychologist now. I'd say it's a psychiatrist or a hypnotist. Like he, he just needs to get it out of his head because that's that's all that's stopping him from just completely dominating on tour every single time he steps up because his ball striking is just phenomenal. Even if he does dance a little bit afterwards, but um yeah like he's probably good value uh he just loves the place whatever it is about these greens he just seems to get the ball in the hole or maybe it's just his ball striking is so unbelievable around here it suits him um i was gonna go for jt he's playing quite well he's getting back into the groove and playing very well and as far as kind of strokes gains um on the ball striking side so t and approach he's he's been leading it and birdies eagle he's only behind scotty so yeah jt is interesting but like 11 to 1 uh, is just i think that's all i could find and that's pretty horrific odds um so i'm gonna 
go. It's not not a controversial pick, but a fucking wild one in uh, our own Shane Larry, who has now dropped outside the top 50 in the world, which should be the biggest fire ever lit under him to get back into mm-hmm. the for the Masters in the US Open with his exemptions running out this year. Uh, it's weak enough field, um, and like he obviously hasn't, he mis- miscut at the Amex and he was barely in the top 20, or sorry, 25th at, at Torrey Pines, but um, he has come 6th and 16th here in the two times he's played. Um, so he, he obviously likes to play 6th on debut, but uh, I, I just think it's really about him motivating himself to like and it's not even just the it's not even just to get to play in the majors it's uh, it's probably a part of them that's like if i'm not competing in majors i'm not in Ryder cups and i'd say bet page is already on his target uh or on his hit list so yeah larry at 66 to 1 in a fairly like a fairly weak field is uh is generous enough so yeah stick with him joe yeah, I saw Larry was uh, the first time since the Open at Port Rush. He's fallen outside the top fifty, so I think he's definitely going to be. I think I, I think it should it should help him react the right way. To be fair, um, yeah, no, I to be honest, Thomas JT is looking good. Um, what is it? Two top tens. I think he came sixth. Was it last? Five top tens in a row. Oh, oh yeah, two top ten, twenty twenty four, I think. Um, yeah. but yeah, so if you're, yeah, the, exactly, yeah. So his form, I think, since September, it's been, it's been sort of uh, back to his normal sort of iron play is very strong, and I think when he when he's like won both his majors, his iron play has been really strong. So, um, he loves this kind of atmosphere as well. Like you know, obviously, like Ryder Cup sort of, um, you know, sixteenth hole is the obviously it exaggerated but he'll uh he'll feed on that like he's one of those players so um yeah yeah i'll i'll, uh, I'll go with jt um do you know there's 500 500 people go to this event every year pass through the gates yeah it's meant like crazy numbers um, i'd actually i'd love it actually it happened at the Ryder cup um where you kind of the fan village opens and then they open the gates to the course and people run to the 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 first like the the stadium hole well, not stadium hall, the, the biggest stand on the course. And like the videos every year from Phoenix at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., just thousands of people darting across to try and get a place on 16 and then drinking for 14, 15 hours. Like it's just, it's magic. It would be, but it is definitely one of those things where it's, it's I'm sure it's great crack when you're there. I mean, from the TV perspective, it's probably not as good as if you're there. Like if, if you're there for that, like you don't really give a shot about the golf because you're just absolutely pissed. Um, but sure, you've been you've been to live live Adelaide. The, the I've been to the real the... one. Yeah, I've been to the <laughs> real one. You know, um, that was that was good crack. I have to say, um, but obviously Phoenix won't live up to that sort of standards but um but justin thomas for me is i was texting one of the lads earlier about this week he was saying he fancies Wyndham clark again but i think um well first point was scotty scheffler like i think scotty scheffler is just so nailed on to be top 10 and then it's just a case of whether he actually wins or not i don't know but he's only four to one though like it's, yeah it's, he's, he's, not, he's not he's not good enough value justin thomas I think it's 11 to 1 you're saying um yeah i'm seeing him at 11 to 1 as well i think he 
does seem to be back. His world ranking, he's I think up to like he was 13 or something at the moment. He's climbing. Um again, oh no, sorry, Data Golf had him at 13. He's 19th in the world officially. Um, but he is climbing. So I think Justin Thomas is going to win soon, whether it's this week or not, I don't know. But even though his odds aren't great, he'd be my pick, Justin Thomas. Five top tens in a row. Everything about his game seems to be really good. Looking at the the data golf stuff, um, yeah, definitely fancy Justin Thomas. Not only this week, but if he's turned a corner with his game, I think Justin Thomas could be a very dangerous man this season to repeat that form that he had. It was twenty seventeen where he won like five times or something, four times that season. Or something. Yeah. Um, he's also he's the his Masters. Obviously, Augusta appearances have been very strong um apart from i think last year was a bad one but he's done very well at augusta so he could be he could be an early shout for that as well yeah i i think so i think this could be a very big year for justin thomas he had a bit of a shocker last year uh i'm very yeah, it's good to see him it's good to see him bouncing back him and and zalatoris obviously coming back from injury tiger coming back like it's uh it's moving it even if there is a few lads leaving uh, some of the PGA Tour events there's some big names coming back to to actually play and back into form so yeah exciting few weeks yeah. ahead it certainly is right I think that's it lads unless there's any other crack that I've missed um so yeah we'll no, enjoy just need, just need a few lads to update us on a bit of golf yeah uh so Joe's obviously in Australia at the moment, as am I, uh, and we're both heading to Noosa tomorrow. So, which is a beautiful little beach town in Queensland. We're very much looking forward to that. And who knows, we may squeeze in some golf if our respective missuses allow us to play. <laughs> uh, anyway, cool. Cheers, lads. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's another week of Unplayable. We will chat to you next week. Thank you.